Welcome to Spoken Web Shortcuts. Each month on alternate fortnights, that's every second week following the monthly Spoken Web podcast episode, you can join me, Hannah McGregor, and our Minnesota host and curator, Catherine McLeod, for Spoken Web's Shortcuts miniseries. We'll share with you specially curated audio clips from deep in the Spoken Web archives to ask, what does it mean to cut and splice digitally? What kinds of new stories and audio criticism can be produced through these short archival clips? Shortcuts is an extension of the Shortcuts blog posts on Spoken Web blog. So if you love what you hear, make sure to head over to spokenweb.ca for more. If you're a researcher with the Spoken Web Project, think about joining Catherine on Shortcuts to discuss an archival clip that has impacted your work, especially if you're a student who has been digitizing and cataloging recordings and there's a sound that stands out to you after all those hours of listening. Let Catherine know. Pitch Catherine your audio by emailing spokenwebpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here is Catherine McLeod with Spoken Web Shortcuts. Many stories about how literature sounds. Welcome to Shortcuts. This month, Shortcuts is replaying a past episode as a response to this month's full episode of the Spoken Web podcast. The full episode is produced by Stephen Collis, starry and full of glory, Phyllis Webb in memoriam. It is a moving commemoration of the life and work of Canadian poet Phyllis Webb. Along with archival clips, the episode features conversations with two poets, Isabella Wang and Fred Waugh. They talk about an unpublished poem of Webb's. And what also comes across in this episode is the way in which Webb's artistic work built and continues to build community. And it's with that spirit of making connections that I replay this Shortcuts episode. An episode that listens not only to Webb's poetry, but also to the way of life she built through her artistic work. Here is Shortcuts episode 3.7, Moving Still. This month, it is April, the month of poetry. The audio that we'll be listening to is a poem by Canadian poet Phyllis Webb. It is in fact a series of poems from Naked Poems, poems that open up space and leave room for the listener to listen, to listen quietly, or to fill up that space with their listening. The space is audible in her reading of the poems, and it is visible on the page, as Webb comments on when she introduces Naked Poems to her Montreal audience in 1966. I want to move on now to my latest book, which is called Naked Poems, in which one of your local critics, or at least he wrote for the Montreal Star at this particular point, exclaimed of the price because there were so few words in the book. <laughs> it's 225. Uh, <laughs> These poems um, are very small and therefore very expensive and, uh, and came at a bitter price, I may say, to me. Uh, 
They came quite as a surprise. I didn't know what I was doing when I wrote them. The first 14 or so, I thought, my goodness, what are these little things doing here? And I couldn't quite take them seriously. And then I began to see the order that really was intrinsic in them and realized that here was something, uh, almost a new form for me to work on. And it's very bare, naked, undecorated. And I wanted to get rid of all my affectations. And so I decided to, uh, to write, oh, a couple of hundred of them. And I wrote about a hundred and then got hung up on a technical problem. And finally reduced them to, I don't know, 40 or so that are in this book. So this is a distillation, let's say. I'm going to read the first 14, which comprise a total poem. In a sense, the whole book is a poem. And then I'll read uh, a few more, as long as my voice and your patience will hold out. In listening to how Phyllis Webb tells her audience about naked poems, we hear what it would have been like to be there in the room. We hear the audience and their laughter the feeling as though she is holding the pages of naked poems in her hands as she is telling us about them. We can almost feel the touch of the page, the small, distilled poems, how they came to her at a bitter price. What does she mean by that? Now, if all of this is sounding somewhat familiar, it's because the clips that I'm playing are from recordings of Webb reading naked poems that were the focus of April's shortcuts last season. We are returning to this recording for a number of reasons, but most of all as a remembrance of Webb. Last year in April, I created the shortcuts based on the Webb recording as a gift for her. April was her birthday month, and I imagined it reaching her ears on the West Coast. In November 2021, Webb passed away at a glorious old age, and even with such a full, long life, it still felt like such a loss. This season of Shortcuts, there has been an ongoing theme of listening to remember, and if you listen back through each episode, you'll hear it developing. I produce each episode in the month it is released, and so that development was not planned at the outset. Each episode has been a way to dive deeper and deeper into one of the stories told in that first episode, What the Archive Remembers. In that, I talk about an interaction at a conference in which someone told me that they'd really felt the weight and impact of hearing B.P. Nichols' voice in a recording that I had played. What strikes me now is that we are in a position in which we have vast amounts of recorded materials of poets, and that those recordings are perhaps more accessible than they have ever been before. That's thanks to the internet, but also thanks to large-scale audio digitization projects such as SpokenWeb, among others. What I'm getting at here is that we've had recordings of poets' voices for a long time now, but have we ever had them so readily available? And with a record of their voice from throughout their career, throughout their lives? 
It is with this in mind that I invite all of us to return back to that recording of Phyllis Webb reading in Montreal in 1966. And you'll hear my voice from last year commenting on that audio, followed by my voice now at the end. And then I'll read uh, a few more, as long as my voice and your patience will hold out. The reading was recorded in 1966 in Montreal at Sir George Williams University, now Concordia. At that reading, the second reader was Gwendolyn McEwen. Imagine hearing Phyllis Webb and Gwendolyn McEwen reading in person on the same night. McEwen would have been sitting in the audience listening to Webb read. Here is Webb reading Sweet One and Sweet Two from Naked Poems. Sweet One. Moving to establish distance between our houses, it seems I welcome you in. Your mouth blesses me all over. There is room. And here, and here, and here, and over, and over your mouth. Tonight, quietness in me and the room. I am enclosed by a thought and some walls. The bruise. Again, you have left your mark, or we have. Skin shuddered secretly. Flies. Tonight in this room, two flies on the ceiling are making love quietly, or so it seems down here. Your blouse. I people this room with things, a chair, a lamp, a fly, two books by Mary Ann Moore. I have thrown my blouse on the floor. Was it only last night? You took with so much gentleness my dark, sweet too. While you were away, I held you like this in my mind. It is a good mind that can embody perfection with exactitude. The sun comes through plum curtains. I said, the sun is gold in your eyes. It isn't the sun, you said. On the floor, your blouse, the plum light falls more golden going down. Tonight, quietness in the room, we knew. Then you must go. I sat cross-legged on the bed. There is no room for self-pity, I said. I lied. In the gold darkening light you dressed, 
I hid my face in my hair. The room that held you is still here. You brought me clarity. Gift after gift I wear. Poems naked in the sunlight on the floor. In that reading, we hear the space of the poem, and we feel the presence of that space. We see the sunbeam shining through the air. We see the blouse sitting on the floor of the room. We feel the air thick with arrows, between objects, between people, between the poet and subject. What would it be like to hear this in the room in 1966? This expression of female desire to be contained within the archives of this reading series. While you were away, I held you like this in my mind. We hear this holding, the quietness of each page. Quietness in the room, we knew. We hear the turning of the page, the room. The room that held you is still here. We are listening to Desire in the Making every time we press play on this recording, as though we were returning to the same room, the room of the poem, the room of the reading, the voice moving. I hear how in last year's Shortcuts, I was so interested in that space of the room and what it could hold. I hear that now as speaking to what I was exploring of Shortcuts as a method of feminist placemaking. A room, an audible place in which to hear women's voices from the archives. For them to take up sonic space, and for us to hear what feelings are made through those sounds. I was interested in how that related to my role as producer curating this space. How much does one hold up voices by framing them, or does one simply press play? One tries, or rather, I try, to strike the right balance between supporting the voice with care in how it is introduced, why that voice has been pulled out of the archives, and then letting the listener and the voice embark on their own dance. That is how, last year, I was hearing the line, The room that held you is still here. This year, I still hear it that way, but I also hear the room as a precursor to the room that was far from Webb in 1966, but would be the room in which I met her when I visited her on Salt Spring Island in 2017. I think of that room because I wish I could have visited her once more again, and yet I'm also grateful for that time in which I was there. That room in a seniors' care facility was her room. It was her home. In that room of her own, we talked about the 1960s. We sat amid her paintings. Her art was holding us in that room, along with the warmth of her smile and generosity. I thought to myself, this is a woman who knows how to live. I say that in the present tense because it feels like she is still living. The room that held you 
is still here. And it is still here. We are still listening. What a word, still. It implies a pause in motion, and yet at the same time, it implies a persistence, still moving. Moving. That is what I called shortcuts last year. Phyllis Webb is still moving. I say that thinking of these words that I wrote at the end of a chapter about Webb in Moving Archives, and they feel like some of the only words that can wrap up, that can hold together an episode that does not want to end. Only Phyllis Webb inhabits the place where her voice dwells. A reminder of this appeared to me by chance while typing these lines when I noticed that Stephen Collis had posted a photo to Twitter with the caption, Phyllis Webb's hands. The camera looks down at an angle at Webb holding her entire body of poetic work, Peacock Blue, The Collected Poems. The book lies open to the table of contents on her lap. A tray of olives and brie sit next to her, ready to be consumed throughout what promises to be a long conversation with Collis about poetry. Webb's right hand is held up, long fingers spread wide and flexed, as though she is about to turn the page. Quietly, she is moving. You've been listening to Shortcuts. That was a replay of episode 3.7, Moving Still. That episode ends by not wanting to end, but now I know how to end with more listening. Head over to the most recent episode of the Spoken Web podcast, Starry and Full of Glory, Phyllis Webb in Memoriam, produced by Stephen Collis, and listen. Stay tuned for more shortcuts next season on the Spoken Web podcast. And my thanks to all who have worked on shortcuts this season. Host Hannah McGregor, supervising producer and project manager Kate Moffat, along with our previous supervising producer and project manager Judith Burr, and our sound designer Miranda Eastwood. Shortcuts episodes are written and produced by me, Catherine McLeod. Until next season. Thanks for listening.